0: Having that lack mentality makes more lack, right? Like you have nothing, but if you start with what you have, you gain everything, you gain knowledge, you gain access, you gain a network, you gain interviews and conversations and monetization opportunities, like all of these things just because I wasn't afraid to take a chance on myself and to start a podcast.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Create Your Life series where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown.
0: Create your
1: life.
0: Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Create your life. Crea la tua vita.
1: Create your life. Don't skip your You <laughs> better create your life. Create your life. Create la vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create your Life family, thanks for tuning in to this episode. Before we get started, I wanted to share some exciting information from our sponsor. We only pick people and companies that we think are awesome to bring onto the show, so please support them. As a podcaster, I've spent hours and hours editing, doing show graphics, and much more, and I finally got fed up with losing all of my free time to post-production activities. So I decided to do something about it. And if you are a fellow busy podcaster who would like to just record and have someone else do the dirty work of graphic creation, tagging and uploading your show to your server and in-depth SEO generating show notes, go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. That's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series, and I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. And today, as usual, we have another amazing guest. This young lady is the founder and CEO of the Latina Podcasters Network. She connects aspiring and establish mujeres, Latinas, and the Latinx community and ensures they receive market rate for their talent. Talk about representing. She has been called an innovative thinker and cultural connector by her peers. She's responsible for hosting the first Latina Podcasters meetup at any podcast convention. The Latina Podcasters is the first and only podcast network committed solely to amplifying the voice of Latinas and the Latinx community globally and ensuring they receive market rate for their talent. She is a graduate of the University of New Orleans and a fellow from the Institute of Politics at Loyola University of New Orleans. She has a decade of experience serving on the civic and nonprofit boards, representing Latinx voices in education, government, business, and sports. Her work has been featured on Business Insider, The Luz Colectiva, both Sound Her by Sounder FM, and interviews in multiple podcasts and on the television show in Sukasa, con Telemundo. Though. ladies and gentlemen i am talking about none other than miss rita bautista <laughs> rita please say hello to the create your life family
0: hey guys i'm so excited to be here with you all today i feel like this is going to be a great show so let's get started
1: yes i hope <laughs> i pronounce things right you know i try to put my spin on it a little bit so you know i'm hoping my enunciation was good try to get you my
0: <laughs> yeah, you did great.
1: Okay. I appreciate it. So Rita, I want to jump right in. You were born in uh, New Orleans. How was that experience growing up there, especially as a Latina at the time when you did?
0: So interestingly enough, I was born in New Orleans, but I only lived there for like two years mm-hmm. and then returned back in my teenage years. So okay. in between that time, I lived in Reisterstown, Maryland, which is right outside of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. For those of you who are not familiar with the country, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, living in New Orleans when I came back was a very interesting experience because there was a big shift between the, the Atlantic East Coast to the down South vibe of what New Orleans brings. And as a teenager, you know, teenagers can be pretty cruel. So my first experience living there as like a teenager wasn't the best. It mm-hmm. took a lot for me to be able to adjust. And during the time of like a teenager, when you're trying to figure out who you are, you're shifting between those emotions of being a teenager and an adult. It's always like, who am I? You know, in you're impressionable Mm -hmm. and you try to go with the flow. But at the same time, you have your parents yelling at you in the background. So you don't really know what the dynamic looks like, right? Mm So I went from a predominantly white public school in Maryland to African American school in New Orleans, and I had never experienced. I mean, that's a complete polar opposites when you're talking Mm -hmm. about East Coast, down South, Mm -hmm. white, black, you know, even the cultural tradition and religion aspect also played into effect. So I felt so conflicted as Mm -hmm. a teenager growing up because I had lived this life of something completely rural and far away from the city. Whereas like where we lived in New Orleans, I was five minutes from downtown, you know, so it was like, Mm. just a huge experience that I think would actually help me become the person that I am today. And, you know, I'm very grateful and thankful for the opportunity to have lived in both spaces. Mm -hmm. And I currently live in Houston, Texas, which I went to college here for a little bit. And it was my first time really being able to immerse myself with other people that look like me, that spoke Spanish. That had, like you know, Not that I didn't have that experience before, but they have been established here for a long time. It wasn't mm-hmm. that feeling of we have to build everything from scratch. It's like, mm-hmm. no, these communities and these experiences are people who have been professional in their industries for years and years and years. And like they're passing the baton on to the next person. It's not having to struggle to start from scratch every single time. And so I'm lucky. I think I've had an opportunity to live in some really dynamic and traditionally rich cities. And then mm-hmm. others like Houston, that's like a commercial, thriving business development type city. So I've gotten the oh, yeah. best of all worlds so far, except oh. for California. I haven't gotten there yet.
1: <laughs> hey, that's where I'm from. I'm from the Bay Area. So oh, you okay. know, definitely you got to come and show us some love. You gotta get yeah. out there. So Rita, what is Latina Podcasters and what inspired you to create it?
0: So Latina Podcasters is a Latinx podcast network that's dedicated mm-hmm. to amplifying the feminine voices of our community. It's the first and only podcast network dedicated to Latinas. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I started it was because it's very interesting um, going back to like the way that we grow and go through college and are kind of taught to become these professional figures. We're not necessarily supposed to wear our hair curly, which I love this new set of young folks that are coming up are like who my favorite people in the world because they care mm-hmm. zero. You know, <laughs> they wear their hair curly. They do whatever. It's like I am who I am and you just have to accept that. Mm-hmm. Whereas one generation prior to, I wouldn't even call myself old, but in my 30s, mm-hmm. we had to kind of hide who we were behind our profession and we weren't really the expressive part of it wasn't really something that was very celebrated before. Mm -hmm. And I started my podcast because I wanted to begin to empower women and Mm -hmm. basically give back the message that I had been given when I had gone through just kind of a really tough time in my life. Mm -hmm. And as I started my podcast, I realized the one thing that most podcasters forget is that you need an audience. (laughs) Right. Say that. (laughs) You know, after your mom and her church friends and your cousins and your mm-hmm. sisters and brothers are listening to the podcast now you actually want to grow an audience and you know i was looking everywhere for places that were woman specific i think it mm-hmm. also has to do with the fact that i'm in a sorority i'm a latin sorority which is a multicultural organization now which i absolutely love the direction that we're going in but okay which one sigma lambda gamma national sorority incorporated okay
1: i'm a cat right. oh a new- good
0: mm-hmm. yes Nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that meant right there. There was like a face. You love us then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was hey, like, I like Yeah. I like that. And you're in Houston too. That's a good town to be right, in.
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I think the sorority kind of thing, or just like when you're looking for a place of belonging, right? Like mm-hmm, find a community mm-hmm. that'll community. help you expand because that's what we do when we're in sororities or fraternities, mm-hmm, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it starts off as like this fun bouncing, dancing party thing. But at the right, same right. time, we're also creating like foundational spaces for people mm-hmm. to belong. And we use that to our advantage to also grow each other. And mm-hmm. so I thought, I was like, you know what? What better way to grow? I wasn't finding anything that was specifically related to Latinas. And the other thing was, is I didn't see us charting mm-hmm. at all on iTunes, mm-hmm. on Spotify, on mm-hmm. iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Black men, Latinos, Latinas, black women. I hate to even point this out, but up until about this year, mm-hmm. we weren't mm-hmm. really cared for unless it was, you know, Black History Month yeah, or exactly. September and October, where it's okay to be. Latino. So like wow. that for me was a big deal. And I'm like, you know what? If this industry is a multi-million dollar turning into billion dollar industry, mm-hmm. we need to band together and be able to create a space where our voices and our talent is heard. Even if it is an independent podcaster who's starting on their own, they don't have Absolutely. to be by themselves and they can continue growing their craft and their trade. So mm. that was honestly the biggest reason why I felt it was important for us to be able to grow together as a community.
1: So you said a couple things that one of them hits home for me and then the other one. One was just about, you know, the difference, because sometimes people don't understand or not aware. For those that don't know, can you define the difference? And I know the community is still figuring this out. But between Latinx and Latina or Latino, if there's yes. even a difference.
0: So, you know, if you're out there and you're confused about the term don't feel bad about yourself because honestly, there's been statistics that are showing that only 5% of the community is actually hip to the game and knows what Latinx is. Okay, so, but the term itself is a new term. We don't necessarily know its origins, but we do know that it's meant to be non-binary, non-gender specific because for those of you who took Spanish or are learning Spanish, which I absolutely love that everybody out here these days is learning Spanish, but the language itself is divided into masculine and feminine. Everything under the sun is given either a masculine term or a feminine term. So rightfully so, if you're a woman, there's Latina. If you're a male, there's Latino, but there's nothing for everybody in between or those who don't want to continue being constricted by gender bias. And so, you know, it's a term that's growing in our community. So if you don't know what it is, that's what it is. It just gives a space for everyone and it's non-gender specific, but it still means the same thing. And most of the time, a majority of the time, the LATAM, which is Latin America, is not really big on the term. So <laughs> they don't necessarily identified by Latinx. So Mm -hmm. normally the people who will identify Latinx is going to be U.S.-based Latinos, either born here or have adopted to the community and the culture.
1: Thank you for that. Because you just talked, I listened to some things. One of the other things for me that you said that kind of hit home, and I was a late bloomer to this, you know, you talked about kind of wearing your hair straight, older generation more so wearing it straight, the younger generation wearing it curly. So I'm African-American. My grandmother is Creole, kind of looks more like you. Like me. Um, Right. They're from like Louisiana, like out in the sticks. But I didn't start wearing my hair out until I was older, you know, because I have curly hair as well. But it just was a thing where like my culture growing up and around, it was kind of like, you know, we all wear fades. And so I'm kind of older now. And I'm like, man, you know, you mean to tell me I've had this curly hair this entire time and I should have been wearing it out? And it was a cultural thing. And I had never really sat with that and thought through it as how my hair was a part of my identity in some spaces or in some ways might have been a way of me hiding part of what my identity is. You know what I mean? By not wearing my hair out in such a way. So that's very interesting. So that, that reality stretches across multiple communities.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's the concept of professionalism, right? Like I grew up with a lot of R&B and India Eerie was my oh, yeah. love her. And so like that one song, I Am Not My Hair, I think there mm-hmm. was a revolution that was starting way beforehand, but mm-hmm. there wasn't too many people who were like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to like wear my locks out at work. And then you're like, no, you know what? I still want to keep that paycheck. So I'm going to go right. ahead and like right. conform to mm-hmm societal norms, right? And Mm -hmm. if societal norms are teaching you that if I look like this, I -hmm. am not okay, then you will go for a fade or I would straighten my hair naturally all the time. I mean, I still do both. Mm. I kind of get to that point now where I'm like, you know what, I can't overthink it all the time. Like I need to go with what I'm feeling and be Mm -hmm. okay and comfortable in that space. But yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's still people who are listening to us now that are like, man, that happens in other communities and cultures too. Yeah, absolutely. Like it wasn't the cultural curly hair revolution just started like a couple years ago. So yeah,
1: definitely. So that being said, how does Latina podcasters, how do you guys serve your members and what's the process to become a part of the network? Benefits and all, like give us a quick rundown, like 60
0: seconds,
1: you know what I mean? Like give it to us.
0: So discoverability, we created a podcast directory and just recently also have a list on Spotify called Latina Podcasters Network. You can find all the podcasts on the network, on the directory and also on Spotify as well. We also are giving them monetization. Opportunities. So, the people mm-hmm. on the network actually, we're working on getting them monetized. The other thing that we offer is level up quality. So, most of the podcasters on the podcast network are actually independent podcasters. Mm-hmm. And with that comes the growth and the need to continue growing in your industry. So, I mm-hmm. wanted to mm-hmm. elevate it and make it faster for them. So, we have a collaboration with PodHive. Mm-hmm. They have instructional videos and they also do a weekly call with the podcasters to help them with any questions or tools or tips that they need. And I think the most important thing truthfully is the virtual happy hour. It's a cultural kind of like, (laughs) you know, we show up, bring your wine. We talk about podcasting. We talk about cultural things, Mm -hmm. but we also like inspire each other to continue podcasting because as podcasters, once you start, you think it's going to be all hunky dory. You get to episode (laughs) 10 and you're done. And some people actually launch one and they're like, you know what, this is too much work. So what's cool is like that competitive nature. We offer just like a great community of podcasters Mm -hmm. that you can come meet with weekly and just be there with each
1: other. So how does somebody become a part of the network?
0: You can go to latinapodcasters.com forward slash membership. There was two tiers to be part of the podcast network. And then Mm. we're also developing a directory. So if you are not ready to be as committed to your podcast, but you want your podcast to be visible to those that are coming to the website, you can add it there. But the two tier memberships are on there. One is $49 and the other one is $79. The only difference between the two for the podcast network is that one has one-on-one coaching included in the ninety-nine dollar level, and it also has podcast audits as well.
1: Okay, is this an annual fee or is this a one-time fee? Or it's
0: a monthly fee.
1: Okay, yeah, awesome sauce. All right, love it. Yeah. Now I want to switch modes a little bit because you have your own podcast entitled Empowerment and all of that. What was it like for you getting into podcasting?
0: It was like honestly, an additional layer to like therapy. To me, Mm, right? Love it. Mm -hmm. It was like taking off the cloak. And being like, mm-hmm. I am here, here's my voice, here are the topics, here are the people, here's the information I have for you, and here are my personal life experiences. And I was basically exposing myself, you know, and mm-hmm. that's not very easy because if you've listened to the podcast, there mm-hmm. are some conversations about past relationships with mm-hmm. both like friends, families, ex-boyfriends, like things like that, which, mm-hmm. you know, can be pretty raw. And mm-hmm. when those people hear it, because they will, and they mm-hmm. have, they're very vocal about what they <laughs> hear. <laughs> that's really- But you know what? That's the one thing the beauty of podcasting now is that I think it gives everybody the ability to be seen and heard in ways that they didn't even know that they could be seen and heard. So that was my experience. And I absolutely loved it. We're actually rebranding the podcast and it's going to be called Empodera Latina and we are going to rebrand it a bit to connect a little bit more to the audience of the Latina Podcasters Network so that it becomes now part of the in-house network podcast for the podcast network. So I'm excited about that because it's almost like, wow, this is my baby. Now I'm going to, you know, rebrand it. It's going all together with the entire network and continuing to add value for the podcasters as well, because I'll be interviewing a lot of the podcasters on the network.
1: Love it. Okay. I read somewhere that the first episode of your show still remains uncut and unedited. And then I went to actually go listen to it to see for myself because I was like, wow, that's kind of cool from what I read. So I have to ask you, why did you leave it like that? And what does it represent to you?
0: So I think in everybody's life, we all go through journeys, right? We Mm -hmm. start one place and we can map out everything and think everything in life is going to go 100% the way that we plan it to, right? And that's just not the reality of what life is. But what's beautiful about leaving and to tie it back to the podcast and the episode is like what's beautiful about leaving it uncut and raw and the way it was the first time. And I recorded it on my phone you know? Mm -hmm. So then now it's like I have 700 microphones and like maybe 400 different types of headsets. And But what's beautiful about leaving something uncut is you can always go back to it and see your growth, like your Mm -hmm. personal growth. And I remember exactly where I was. I remember the raw emotion that was in that podcast episode because it was called self-love and all that. Mm -hmm. And it's three women, two of Mm -hmm. them who were urologists, Mm -hmm. like the 0.01% of urologists in the world because they are actually Indian, both their parents. One was born in India and the other one's parents were from India. And we were at our most raw and being honest about our feelings and how we literally fundamentally are all pretty much the same on the inside. Mm -hmm. Like the way that we process these things, like even these doctors don't feel like they are 100% sure of the things that they're doing are right. You know, like Mm -hmm. you just never know what life's going to give you or how, you know, you can practice things over and over and over again. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen or be the best thing that it's going to be right and so Mm -hmm. for me it's just a reminder of life's journey and like It's totally okay to start where you are. I think a lot of people are really afraid of getting started because they don't have or they lack. Mm -hmm. And having that lack mentality makes more lack, right? Like you Mm -hmm. have nothing. But if you start with what you have, Mm -hmm. you gain everything. You gain knowledge. You gain access. You gain a network. You gain interviews and conversations and monetization opportunities, like all of these things, just because I wasn't afraid to take a chance on myself and to start a podcast. Love it. So to me, it would be a complete disservice. Edit that out and make it something. Something fresh and new because to me it's like if you want to take this journey on this podcast you're gonna to have to take the journey with me from start to finish That's that
1: benchmark i love Ooh. it wow create your life family i hope that you are really enjoying this episode I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and let you know that our sponsors are giving special offers just for you. If you are a fellow busy podcaster who just wants to record and spend the rest of your time doing what you love, like working out at the gym with family and friends or traveling, use code CYLS for a discount on services when you go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. That's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. Okay, so now that you're a seasoned podcaster and have, (laughs) you know, this array of experience for you, what would you say are, you know, like your top three tips to create a great audio experience for listeners?
0: Well, I think one is always, always, always think about who your audience is. Mm -hmm. When you start the podcast is for you. When you start the second episode, it's no longer for you anymore. So just make Mm -hmm. sure to keep that into consideration for every move that you make, Mm -hmm. because once you start putting things out there, even yourself, Mm -hmm. I don't know any podcasters that might be listening to this. Sometimes you can listen to your old self and be like, who is this person? I don't even, you know, you're like, wow. Yeah. So just keep in mind that the podcast isn't for you. It's for the audience that you're Mm -hmm. intending to communicate to. And if you were an audience listener, you know, what would you want that content to sound like? How would you want to be entertained? What tones would you want them to take on? What kind of emotions do you want them to feel while they're having this conversation with you or while they're sitting in there? And one of the things I always wanted to do for myself was I want my audience to feel like they're sitting here with us. Mm -hmm. like they're in on the conversation right like Mm -hmm. they're part of it they're like yes i get it you know and they're like high-fiving us and like being Mm -hmm. like yes please tell us some more about that so for me that was my approach and that's just kind of what i consider the number one most important thing is always 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 consider what your audience would be interested in Mm -hmm. now you are the creator and you're the steerer of the ship right so at the end of the day it is your ip it's your property it's the way that you think but again it is for consumption so just make sure you keep them in mind i think also, you know, when you get started to me, I think there's like 7 million thousand ways to not start a podcast. Right. (laughs) Right. And the easiest way to not start a podcast is to overthink every single thing. So Mm -hmm. stop overthinking, get a microphone. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, maybe not your cell phone, but I've heard some podcasts that are out right now that are charting Mm -hmm. that have never picked up a microphone. So Mm -hmm. it really just depends on, again, going back to your audience, like what would Mm -hmm. they want? You know, like Mm -hmm. when you think about Joe Rogan, who can go on and do a four hour podcast
1: or Joe button, who does a three hour,
0: right? Mm -hmm. It's like these people didn't start off with like all the best equipment and everything. What they did, though, was start with an idea. And so I think that that's very important. Starting off Mm -hmm. with an idea and mapping out how you want your show to look. Mm -hmm. There are analytics and statistics out there that show that the sweet spot is about 22 minutes for podcast episode. Mm -hmm. You can take that into consideration or you can be somebody completely unique and make a five minute episode on whatever you want to talk about. But again, go back to that golden rule is always keep in mind who your audience is, right? Right.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And from what I'm hearing from you, you know, you are a community curator. You definitely provide this experience and you got the ladies happy hour. You know what I mean? I'm sad <laughs> that it's only for the ladies, you know, love to. Attend. I don't
0: discriminate. we let people in. It's really just oh. like if you're going to support us and uplift our voices, you're more than welcome to join us at any time. Oh,
1: well, absolutely. Well, then I need to invite. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I would also ask you, you know, as a let's say someone who's a new podcast or even somebody who's a seasoned podcaster, do you have any tips for creating community around your podcast?
0: Audience, right? Like, I think that has a lot to do with everything. Like, who are you? And Mm -hmm. how does that translate into who you're trying to target? Or who are you trying to target in particular? Mm -hmm. And in building community, it's always just being authentic. Because honestly, the more authentic and the more real you are as a person, the more chances are that your community is going to build faster. And don't worry about numbers. Mm -hmm. I think when you focus too much on the numbers you're putting pressure on the wrong things it doesn't allow for flow to happen right like for easy like positive energy and positive movement throughout the experience to happen like if you're fixated on today and that's all you think about you're not also looking at like pulling back a little bit and looking at the grander scheme of things what did you do you just created something that didn't exist and Mm -hmm. you have to allow something that didn't exist to take a little bit of space and Mm -hmm. find its community as well and we're all part of community and microcosms everywhere, mm-hmm. right? So like right. somebody is going to connect to you if it's like the Red Lipstick podcast, you know, mm-hmm. and you have no idea why it's the Red Lips, but <laughs> I mean, and I just said that out loud and I'm like, boom, somebody's going to start a Red Lipstick podcast. Right, right, right. why not? Like, right, but <laughs> you know, you're going to find people who are going to join you. It's just like anything that you see on Instagram. So here's what's interesting. I always tell people, I was like, look at what people do on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like social media influencers to me are the easiest people to take note from when building a podcast and Mm -hmm. a community as well, because there's a science to it, right? Like everybody has a different style. Everybody has a different pace. Everybody has the consistency that they want or the professionalism or the luxury or whatever. And like, again, the right people that want to connect to you, they're going to.
1: Right, right. So
0: just be authentic and, you know, they'll come. Just give it time.
1: Be authentic. All right, now Rita, I want to switch and kind of double down on you in terms of getting to know you more. So my first question out the gate, you mentioned this earlier, in the interview, um, you talked a little bit about mentorship. I want to ask you, what role has mentorship played in your success?
0: You know, I think for me, mentorship has always been a number one important thing because when you have somebody who can help guide you, you don't always have to say yes, right? Just because mm-hmm. somebody's mentoring you doesn't mean you have to say yes to everything they say. It's just somebody who serves as a sounding board with more experience than you do mm-hmm. so that they can give you some insight on what you're looking for, or what you need, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't mean that you have to go play by play and do the exact same thing as they do, because you might just be that one person who can find something that's innovative, but you had just like some simple guidelines that you went by because they were successful.
1: I love that you said that. I remember when I interviewed Matthew Knowles, one of the things that he said is you never take your dream or your idea to somebody else and ask them, should you be doing it? He was like, you don't ask for permission. He said, you ask somebody to help you once you've started. And that's always like stuck in my mind. So even with mentorship, as you just framed it, you know, it's kind of like, you know, don't be afraid to still be in your individuality and let that guide you you know, to your aspirations.
0: I mean, I think that's why podcasting has been so extremely successful from the person mm-hmm. who launches and only has 50 downloads to the person that has millions of followers or downloads as well. Mm-hmm. It's because we have the ability to be individuals and take up space and mm-hmm. we don't have to thank or apologize to anyone.
1: Love that. So for you, other than consistency, what do you feel like has been a key or two keys, three keys to your own personal growth?
0: You know, it's odd as this may seem. It -hmm. was always being open to the flow of life, whether good or bad, Mm -hmm. right? Like, because let's be honest, it's not every day that you wake up. I mean, I practice gratitudes every single day now. And I think it's like one of the most powerful things that anybody could do. Mm -hmm. I write a list of 10 things every single day that I was either grateful for by the time I got a chance to sit down and write my gratitudes or grateful for the evening before. Mm -hmm. And what that allows for me to do is basically like it sets the tone for the rest of my day. puts me in a better wavelength that energy you know i talk a lot about energy and like Mm -hmm. being in a higher like state you know we are the only people who can really control our emotions right and as hard as they may sound because we just had this presidential election as much as people want to believe that our happiness belongs in somebody else it really doesn't it's just really triggering or invoking things in ourselves that we were afraid to see on the outside and to believe that people believe these things so once you have the ability to take control of that and say oh no I'm going to control my emotions as much as I can doesn't mean you can't get mad doesn't mean you can't get sad doesn't mean you can't Mm -hmm. feel anything that's not true at all. It doesn't mean that somebody else's actions can't bother or hurt you. It just means that you know that you are in control of your vessel and your emotions. And so for me, I choose to be grateful every day mm-hmm. I choose to be because I've been through good and bad and for me to sit here and be like oh I just have you know sunshine and rainbows it's really not that it's just you know life is going to continuously throw things at you mm-hmm. and you're going to have to learn to juggle them all mm-hmm. and if you at least have a good standing ground first thing in the morning oh and the other thing is make your bed every single morning oh
1: yeah I love it <laughs>
0: yeah it's foundational it's fundamental it's just as important as brushing your teeth and I remember actually someone that I'm talking to right now we we had this conversation. It's like, why do you do that? You know, the bed's going to get messy again. And I was like, that's not the point. Mm -hmm. The point is that the first thing I did in the morning was accomplish something.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that
0: means it sets the momentum for me to accomplish another thing and another thing, and another thing. Small wins. Exactly. And those small wins, they turn into, who knows, maybe I invent a whole bed set or something in the future that makes me a (laughs) multimillionaire. But, you know, at least I know that I'm setting that tone for myself. Mm -hmm. And again, all of these things are things that we control, not other people. And so, like, keeping yourself in that mindset of knowing you have the control over everything that you do.
1: Sound like we're talking the four agreements right now.
0: Yes! I love that book. Yeah, I love that book too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, standing in the same line of questioning, on your journey to becoming who you are today, how did you deal with the negative feedback? If you got it, you know, was it public? Was it private? Were you prepared for it? You know, like, how did you navigate that? If you got it, you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: I think as a child, I wasn't really good at it. I learned therapy and Mm -hmm. I wasn't afraid to admit that I wasn't perfect. And Mm -hmm. through therapy, I learned coping mechanisms because let's be honest, I mean, nobody wants to sit there and hear somebody tell you something negative, especially Mm -hmm. if you don't know how to handle negative emotion, right? Like you're just like, wait a minute. But therapy helped me a lot. I learned coping mechanisms. And again, I also learned that the only reason that it's bothering me or the negative feedback is bothering me because there's something it's triggering inside of myself. Mm. So like, what is that negative feedback triggering Is Mm -hmm. it true? And I think that's the other thing is like, is it true? Like, does this person (laughs) really know you, right? And you can Mm -hmm. say, no, that's not true, mom Mm -hmm. or dad, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or anybody, significant other, best friend, Mm -hmm. colleague, journalist, whoever it may be. The thing is, is that people will always have an opinion. And if you sit here and wait for their opinions, you're going to be doing nothing. Mm -hmm. So negative feedback's there for you to check in with yourself. Mm -hmm. And again, it doesn't actually have to be true. It's just that person's opinion you. And that's it.
1: Love it. How do you stay motivated? What are a couple of the things that you do?
0: My gratitude. Mm-hmm. Adelina, I also write down the 10 things that I want to see out of my life. Mm-hmm. So my 10 big visions, it's infinite. It continues going, right? Like it's a lifetime. And I am the driver. I am the person who is in this in the driver's seat. So like, these are the 10 things that I want to see. I want Latina podcasters to be the number one global podcast network in the world for Latinas all over the world, not mm-hmm. just in the US, not just in Latin America and everywhere. I want to be a global speaker, which I'm technically already a global speaker because anybody mm-hmm. who's a podcaster has global audience now. Yeah. You know, I want to get
1: on that stage.
0: Right. Well, and technically, I mean, not even technically, I've been on stages now that mm-hmm. because of COVID and the pandemic, mm-hmm. I think the podcasters network has grown pretty quickly because of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I've been pulled into different panels that I would have never have been pulled into had mm-hmm. it not have been for what I'm developing and what I'm doing for our people, for the community. But yeah.
1: Love it. What has been the biggest purpose? personal challenge that you have needed to overcome in order to become who you are today?
0: <laughs> real questions,
1: real questions.
0: <laughs> imposter syndrome. Come on now. Who doesn't have that one? Like, that's yeah. the biggest challenge. Imposter mm-hmm. syndrome, for sure. But, you know, I mean, the way that you get over imposter syndrome is by turning around and looking back at really thinking about the things you've accomplished. Yeah. And sometimes it's as, as complex as, you know, being a parent. I think being a parent is probably the most challenging thing in the world, And but it's such a beautiful thing, right? Like not mm-hmm. everybody gets that opportunity. Opportunity to do Mm -hmm. that to being, you know, a prime minister of the country or whatever, like everybody has their space. Mm -hmm. And as long as you get a second to like, stop when you're feeling like, I can't do this. I'm an imposter. You turn around and you look at everything that you've been able to accomplish. Mm -hmm. It's like, I guess I did do that. I'm doing this right.
1: And for me, I mean, I deal with imposter syndrome as well. One of my bigger motivating factors is my peer group, you know, because we all have success amnesia. So we forget how dope we are. Right. So for Mm -hmm. you, what does your peer group look like? Like who's, that first phone call or you know what I mean? Who's the people that are keeping you high and lifting you up?
0: I have this group called Project Enya. was a group created by Denise Soler Cox and she also has an accelerator program called Enya Dream Accelerator. And these are all Latinas and now she's opening it up in general for it to be a woman's accelerator program. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. all of these women are starting from scratch, starting from where they are. We all come from similar backgrounds. So it's like, okay. you know, you can code switch like a whatever, you know, <laughs> you're like mm-hmm. I'm I'm over Mm -hmm. here. I'm over here. Don't piss me off. I'm going to be over here. Like, (laughs) right. But it's like having that kind of community to Mm -hmm. just fall back on. And and same thing.
1: What does your peer group look like? Like who's in that group with me?
0: Oh, yeah. So I am in the project. Enyas or Denise Soler Cox started a group called Enya dream accelerator. And it's a Mm -hmm. bunch of women that are Latinas that are creating like this first vision. They're developing their dream. They're every single day we're doing right. And it's like you were saying earlier, you know, sometimes you don't realize that you're creating every single day or you're doing or you're accomplishing and you have to turn around sometimes to look at your peers and say, oh my gosh, I don't feel successful enough. Right. And that success for something that I've noticed for me in the black and brown communities is like sometimes we're not allowed to celebrate our success Mm -hmm. until we're at the pinnacle like we have to be like the one person to make it and that's truthfully not even fair that's a lot of weight to put on our shoulders to say that the little things that we we excel at every day are not valid enough for us to say you know I'm enough this is enough this is good like we are grooving we're moving we're growing we're developing we're doing something and I think that's why it's difficult sometimes for us to like acknowledge that you are successful you know, like that, that success is there. And I think about my girl Luce in particular, because her and I can code switch all the time. We get frustrated and happy and like, oh, this person gave me negative feedback or this person told me this and they didn't follow through. And, and, you know, she's great. She's definitely one of my Enya sisters, but I also have a really great group of family members. There's 11 cousins of ours, well, 12, and we have a group chat that Mm we talk in every day. And the thing is, is that I don't even think they know that their support is so important, you know, Mm -hmm. and that goes for all of us. You know, like everybody's winning at a different level, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't take away from being supportive and like acknowledging that
1: what they're doing is great. Love it. All right. So I got to ask you this question before we switch segments. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? Is there any career or hobby or anything that you've always wanted to pursue?
0: Well, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a pilot, but I'm afraid of heights. So that didn't work out really well. Interesting. Um, I think if I could do anything right now, if I wasn't doing this, I think I would be incubating businesses for women. Like Ooh. I would take a whole pile of money and essentially this is what I'm doing now. Right. Is like helping others incubate their podcast, but I would want to do it on a larger scale and then mm-hmm. also utilize the venture capital. It mm-hmm. would only be taken from the BIPOC communities, so that we can continue to build generational wealth.
1: Love that. All right. So Rita, we have entered a different segment of this interview. Uh, <laughs> this segment is rapid fire questions. You are about to enter the dolphin tank. My only question to you right now is, are you ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. What was the last song that you listened to on your playlist?
0: Good morning. Bye. Alex Amanio.
1: What are your goal setting methods and how do you measure or make sure that you are growing each year?
0: I write them down every single day (laughs) (laughs) and then look back at the end of the year. I need to do better at that though.
1: Top tech that you're using to make your business run smoothly instagram love it favorite quote or model that you live by
0: push yourself because nobody's going to do it for you
1: favorite or most impactful book that you've read
0: meditations from marcus aurelius
1: three jewels that you would tell someone looking to create their best life
0: make your goal being happy Mm -hmm. not money but happiness and once you pick happiness over money abundance flows two more love is a foundational emotion that we shouldn't run from third one Collaboration over competition.
1: You have a saying that I love. It's something about positivity. How does it go?
0: Keep it positive or don't keep it at all.
1: I love that. I thought that's what you were actually going to say for your favorite quarter model. I was like, oh, I can't wait for her to say it. Okay, so what's next for you?
0: Continuing to grow the podcast network. I want us again to be the number one global podcast network for Latinas all over the world Mm -hmm. and continue championing market rate for all women of color.
1: Love it. What's the best way for our audience to stay in contact with you?
0: So you can follow... Follow us on Instagram at Latina Podcasters. You can follow me, Rita, R-I-T-A-E, Bautista, B-A-U-T-I-S-T-A on Instagram. You can also find us on Facebook, Latina Podcasters, and on LinkedIn as well, or in all the social media platforms, if I'm not mistaken. We're under Latina Podcasters, but you can also find the podcasters on the network, as I mentioned, on Spotify under Latina Podcasters Network.
1: Love it. Okay. So congratulations, Rita. You have survived the dolphin tank. (laughs) thank you so much so now we have reached the part of the interview where it's time for the turnaround so this is where (laughs) look you already rub your hands together this is where you get to ask me any three questions that you want and i have to answer create your life family you notice is totally unscripted rita i just have one request one request only what's that please be gentle okay
0: If tomorrow you walked outside of your house and somebody Mm -hmm. told you that you were given $10 million that were deposited in your bank account, Mm. how would you
1: spend them? Hmm, that's a good question. I would take a substantial aspect of it and turn it into some investments. I would create a fund for my family next, where they would have to do certain things in terms of educating themselves about financial literacy and ways of being for them to be able to get the money out of this fund. I would create a scholarship for foster care children. You know what? I would create a life scholarship as well. So, one to help them with their higher education, and then another one to help them in their adulthood. I grew up in foster care from nine months to 18. So, I think that Mm -hmm. it's really important. I would definitely go and travel the world. That's like one of my things. That's how to create your life series. Started on the way to Japan and probably give a substantial amount of it to people who've helped me and then just invest it in others who I think have the potential.
0: So mm-hmm. you mentioned that you grew up in foster care. Mm-hmm. What is the one thing that you want everybody to know about children in your position?
1: I would want people to look at foster care children as kids who are essentially limitless, right? Because it's a very character building experience. But people, sometimes they count us out. And sometimes, you know, if you have an extraordinary child, then the absence of expectation can help someone to become something that they only could dream of, which is what I've essentially been able to do with my life. But for mm-hmm. those that are not so lucky or so resilient, you know, there are three E's that I believe shape a person. That's expectation, exposure, and education. And I think if you can garner an environment where those things are nurtured into a child, then you can help them. And I think also, you know, to give the kids a chance and also understand, you know, like a lot of the things that are quote unquote normal don't come second nature. Like I had to learn a lot of my social cues from friends in adulthood. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, you have these different aspects and things. So, you know, I guess just having the patience to understand and be comfortable with people who have different journeys from you. I think that those are the things that, in ways that I would like somebody to help and nurture a fellow foster child.
0: I like that. It's almost like the absence of expectations makes dreams reality, right? Like it's, Well,
1: it depends on the person. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, the majority of foster care children do not, like our statistics aren't good, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's not a lot of us go to college. Like when I graduated from college, there were 3% of foster care children graduated from college and you got to cut that in half for blacks. And then you have to cut that in half again for black males. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, because if nobody expects anything of you, then you kind of just succumb to your environment. And like, I grew up in a very negative environment, Mm -hmm. but I had this idea and this, dream of what my life could become. And so that's what I held on to every single day. And that's what I aspired to. So I wasn't fully present in what was going on and all of the mistreatment and things like that in my everyday life. Mm. And so, but I would say that I'm probably different than a lot of my peers and my foster care brothers and sisters. I mean, because you're going through a situation where essentially, you know, you're on the outside of the inside of somebody's family. You know, you're blatantly seeing yourself being treated differently. You don't look like these people. Like there's all of these small things at play in addition to you going to school every single day and not knowing whether or not you're going to be moved that day. You know, like that's a different level of stress. You know, you have to grow up faster than your peers and you have to be planning your future, you know, but who's going to be doing that at 12 years old, at 11 years old? And then you have just the regular stuff of being a kid, you know, or being a teenager and the social pressures and things like that. And so you got to be a special kid in order for that absence of that expectation to really be your motivating factor. So I say sometimes.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Are you proud of yourself?
1: That's a good question. And if I'm answering openly and honestly, you know, you said something earlier that I thought was really interesting when you said that we were taught, especially our communities, not to celebrate our wins, right? Unless you become the pinnacle. So honestly, I don't even give myself the opportunity to be proud of myself as much as I continue to push and push and push. Because for me, that's all I ever knew. And that was all that I ever had. So I just keep, I'll make a goal surpass the goal and then make another goal and surpass it. So I haven't necessarily taken the time to do so, but I know that I've come leaps and bounds, especially, you know, on my personal journeys. So yes, yes, I'm proud of myself, but I'm going to spend more time in that emotion and in that thought.
0: You heard it here on Create Your Life series, you guys. He is (laughs) proud of himself.
1: (laughs) Rita, thank you so much for asking that question. That was a really dope question.
0: Told you I'd be ready for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah no, nah, you no joke. You are definitely no joke. Well, thank you so much for being a guest here with us today.
0: This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you all who are listening have an amazing day and the rest of the week and remember to keep it positive and or don't keep it at all.
1: Right. I love that saying. So, Create Your Life family, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast and share with everyone you know. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to info at cylseries.com. The Create Your Life series is executive produced by me, Kevin Y. Brown, and produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company. So, until next time, create your life, feed your ambition. This episode was brought to you by podcastlaundry.com I love Podcast Laundry. It provides a real solution to free up my time. And time is the only resource that we cannot get back. Podcast Laundry was created with love to help other fellow busy podcasters free up time so that they could do more of what they love, whether that's traveling, time with friends and family, or working on other ventures. If you want to free up your time, then have Podcast Laundry do the dirty work of note-taking, graphic creation, editing, show tagging, and uploading for you. Go to PodcastLaundry.com or call 347 one eight two seven three to schedule your consultation and remember to use code cyls that's podcastlaundry.com or call three four seven eight seven one eight two seven three.